0: Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill. Period. Ends. And, and what about fracking?
1: All right, now, let me, now we let have me,
0: have, let me allow fracking. Vice President Biden I to respond. never said I oppose fracking. You said it I, on tape. I did. Show the tape. I am not banning fracking. No matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. I am not banning fracking. No matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. No more. No, new fracking. No No matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. No matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me.
1: Hi. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration?
0: No, would be, we, would, we would work it out. Okay, I have one final would question. Would he close it down falls. the oil industry? It falls. W- would you close it down falls. the oil industry? By the way, industry? I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I that's transition. a big statement. Thank it you. is a big statement. That's a big statement. Because I would stop.
2: Why would you do that?
0: Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. Uh-oh, I see. But here's the deal. But That's a big statement. That. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time, over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry. I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. Ooh. He won't give federal subsidies to the to the gas, excuse me, to the to uh, solar and wind. Yeah. Why are we giving it to oil industry? We actually do All give right. it to solar and wind. We and that's maybe the biggest question. statement in terms of business. That's the biggest statement. Okay. Because basically what he's saying question, is he is Mr. going President? to destroy... The oil industry. Will you remember that Texas? Will you remember that Pennsylvania, Oklahoma? Vice President Biden, let me give you 10 seconds to respond and then I have to get to the final question. Vice President Biden. He takes everything out of context. But the point is, look, we have to move toward a net zero emissions. The first place to do that by the year 2035 is in energy production. By 2050, totally.
3: It is June 16th, 2022. Welcome to The Daily Rob. Check the link tree, it's in the description. It has all of Rob's social media sites and his newest article on Real Clear. Always come join us at the mothership at RobisRight.com to see Rob's entire history of videos, articles, and other publications. Now, without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Rob Smith.
4: Hello, Stu. Guess where I am?
3: I imagine somewhere in Texas with all those West
4: Texas. Stu, that's West Texas crew behind me. Right on, Stu. I love fossil fuels. If I was a chick and fossil fuels were a man, I would want to make love to that man. Okay. Okay. Stu, we're undergoing an energy crisis in this country because of imbecility and Marxism. Um. We all just watched the clips of Joe Biden stating categorically that he wants to shut the fossil fuel industry down. Stu, you're a man of letters and a well-read guy. I'm sure you have read Mein Kampf.
3: Um, Yeah, I read it in like a history of German propaganda class back in the day.
4: Yeah, well, what did Hitler say in that book? And everybody was shocked when he did it. He wanted to annihilate the Jews.
3: Yeah, he laid out his... He laid
4: out (laughs) his plan. And then everybody's like, oh, my God. Well, Biden and the Marxist cabal that control him like a puppet, they want to wipe out fossil fuels. And um, so uh, yesterday... Biden, he's catching a lot of heat now, but you got to watch these Marxists because everything's built on a lie. Um, He's, and you will see as we go through this discussion today, um, all over his administration, they're shutting down the fossil fuel industry, but yet because he's catching heat for it, He wants to go out in public and say it's not his fault. He's not doing anything to create the crisis we're in. And yesterday he threatened the oil companies that he would use emergency powers if they don't boost supply. Then he got after them for historically high profit margins still the profit margin on oil and gas is teeny compared to almost every other industry and then he blames vladimir putin
0: i understand inflation is a real challenge to american families today's inflation report confirm what america's already know putin's price hike is hitting america hard mr
4: this should concern everybody in the United States right now, in that he has his fall guy. He, As long as this war goes on in Ukraine, he can blame as he does now everything that goes on that's um, bad, negative, rotten, despicable in his administration on the Ukraine war. So, Steve, What does a logical, reasonable person conclude from that? Well, he has an interest in war and seeing that war continue. Um, uh, What else, Do He says his administration now is prepared to use all reasonable and appropriate tools and emergency authority to increase refinery capacity. Um, And he's releasing oil from the Strategic Reserve, which, by the way, does nothing. So he said this yesterday, which is a Tuesday. And on Monday, he was meeting with the Japanese Prime Minister, Kushido, I think. And he said, complete opposite, that the higher gas prices that we are going through are necessary for us to be able to transition to out of fossil fuels. I mean, it's like we talked about uh, yesterday. Does he remember what he said? Uh, I don't think so. Um, Let's not forget, Stu, that in his first hours in office, I mean, not days, not weeks, his first hours in office, he canceled the Keystone Pipeline, uh, which, produ- which would produce about 800,000 barrels a day. Um, and he paused all oil and gas leases on
0: federal land. First order I'm signing is tackling the climate crisis at home and abroad. Next one, for restoring trust in government through science and integrity and evidence-based policymaking.
4: And that's just what he did in first his first day. Now, Stu, I'm an honest guy. And as you know, I'm one of the world's most brilliant economists. Uh, much of the supply of oil always has been earmarked to the strength of the dollar. And during the Reagan administration, the policy was a strong d- dollar. He ended the, he broke the back of OPEC and oil went to practically nothing. He deregulated it. Uh, that stayed the same in, through the, Cl- the Clinton administration when the policy was a strong dollar. So, Stu, I'm not going... I mean, a weak dollar, the administration does have control of that. So I'm not going to say that all the price of oil is solely because of him. All of the high price in oil is solely because of what Joe Biden has done. But certainly in the short term, it
3: is. Um, And also, don't the when we get oil from other companies, isn't it not as clean because because they have far less regulated refineries and then you have to think of it, you have to then ship all the oil over on boats, which it's gonna that boats have like one of the worst, like miles per gallon of any kind of machinery, maybe outside of a tank.
4: Well, that's certainly true and what a lot of people don't understand, there are a lot of blends of different fuels and I'll talk about that in a second, okay. but still think about the tremendous waste of, of, of capital when the government arbitrarily um, stops an economic activity that a company has spent billions of dollars advancing that has been approved um, by the United States. So when you cancel the Keystone p- Pipeline, you're saying this, you're p- your middle finger at the billions and billions of dollars that oil c- companies had spent promoting their business so in the future uh, they can develop more resources to, br- uh, to have more supply you're telling them to fuck off. You're taking their property away. Um, and it's just not that. When, I mean, the billions of dollars are spent for these things. And then there's billions of dollars of planning in in how you're going to use the resources that are suddenly piped in that you're spending money on staff, consultants, o- equipment, new plants, um, and the government says um, they just stop everything so if you're an oil company you're used to thinking years out about production and development and now you've got a a, a, a government that's hostile that tells you you want to they want to
3: shut your business down not only do they shut the business down but then they accuse you of price gouging and say shape up on your price gouging or we're going to come after you with our powers. Yeah, so that's a racket. That's like the mafia. Yeah,
4: so yeah, they cause the problem and then they're going to penalize you for the problem that they've caused.
3: It's like in all those There's mob movies where the mob guys go into the business so with baseball balls. bats, start smashing stuff up and then we'll the mobster that. comes in and He's says, easy. you need to pay us for a protection fee.
0: Yeah.
4: Uh, Exactly right. And so, you know, a company, every company thinks years out and they make they expend their capital such that they can continue to produce and be uh, and be efficient and compete. Well, they just put their boot on the neck of the oil companies. Another thing they do, they do this on both private land and on public land, but on public land. Uh, The feds have to issue permits to drill. And it's not just you have to get a permit to drill an experimental rig, uh, and then you have to get all these uh, permits every step of the line. FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission and other entities are slow walking those permits. Let's not forget we're talking about the deep state. And they can do this. Nobody knows it. It doesn't make the news, but they're not approving permits to they're trying to fuck over the oil and gas. And again, if you're Exxon or Shell or somebody like that, they've got their boot on your neck. Refineries. There's often a bottleneck in refineries because we can produce stuff, but it still has to be a refined. Very few new refineries have been built over the last 20 years. Why, Stu? Because of the federal regulations that make it so hard to get any business done. The U.S. has the cleanest and most uh, efficient drilling operations in the world. Refineries are the same way. As far as the productivity and efficiency of the products they produce, they're far more efficient than what is bought from Russia and other places around the world. In other words, you get more, more energy per unit. Um, so they're throttling these uh, companies. To, um, and as we showed in the preload, <laughs> you know, a lot of things are overcomplicated and especially in the media. But here it is. Here's all you need to know. He has said, like we just showed, he wants to kill the oil and gas industry. And Hitler said he wanted to do this, okay? Why is anybody surprised? He's got the deep state on his side. They're working all the time. These little twerps who have these office jobs in Washington. They're doing everything they can to kill the industry. Esther, you may know this, but I've actually owned gas stations before, okay? You would not believe how competitive that business is. I own some gas stations in more rural areas of Virginia. Uh, I would drop my um, price per gallon, a penny or two or five, everybody within 30 miles would match me. It's incredible how competitive it is. Another thing people don't know, still now have been out of the business for a while, but um, there was something like 28 different fuel blends that come through these pipelines. Um, and it's so, so stupid. If you live in a rural area, you, your gas is gonna cost you a little bit less because it doesn't have the anti pollutants and things in that uh, if you've got a gas station in the middle of the city, you have to have a different blend. Well, Stu, I don't know whether anybody in the federal government has ever thought this deeply before, but if you have a station in the middle of Richmond, you can easily drive to Hanover uh, County. So (laughs) your exhaust goes wherever the car goes, not where the gas is sold, duh. But, you know, the clogging of the pipeline um, is another problem that, again, overregulation. regulation And still, let's get to some of this uh, electric vehicle nonsense. But before we go there, let's talk about the nonsensical people who are involved in this fraud. Uh, Joe Biden, well, we know he's not calling the shot. Obama is in his cabal. Neither one of those guys have ever worked in the private sector. Never. Never. Um, I think Obama uh, had a job after uh, college for like six months. Joe Biden actually worked as a district a, a, a attorney for like a year. But they were government jobs. They've never worked in the private private sector.
3: Uh, I've just pushed back on that. I think you forgot that Joe Biden was... You know, a revolutionary figure in the field of pool management. <laughs> he was probably the greatest lifeguard this country's ever seen. Oh uh, yeah,
4: even greater than Ro- than Ronald Reagan, who uh, actually saved seventy-seven people.
3: Uh, greater than the entire squad of Baywatch put together. <laughs> I'd like to see Baywatch rebooted with Joe Biden running down that beach, looking jacked.
4: Oh that's it would be that would be a great show that's, that would,
3: the that's the movie I want to see I don't think he can run. Now.
4: Kerry, who's the energy czar, he's never worked in the private sector at all. I looked his bio up today. Uh, He's been in government his whole life. Um, And so he married well the first time, got rich. Then he married well the, the second time and got rich. So he hasn't even made the money that he has, Uh, But the only accomplishment he's ever said he's ever done, Stu, is being able to pronounce Genghis Khan. You remember when he he was testifying, Genghis Khan or whatever he said? I think
3: the Mongolian is closer to like a a Genghis Khan.
4: Yeah, well, anyway. Uh, So and then you have um, Grantham. I look her up as well. It's, and it's,
3: she's Home, I think.
4: Grant, Grantham, Grant Home. Well, whatever. Okay. A- anyway, Berkeley, Harvard, um, never worked in the private sector. Um, she worked for Dukakis. Um, she, um, but yeah, she had she did actually have a legal job for about six years Stu, but working for the for for the state of Michigan and Wayne County. Then you have Buttigieg. Uh, who, you know, we always heard that he was this McKenzie cons- c- consultant. He worked there, for, it looks like, for about a year, and then he took a leave of absence. Um, but Stu, these people have never done anything in their lives, they all, um, except for Biden. They go to these uh, Ivy League schools. And I really do think so- there's, there's something to this. They're acting academics. They think they're smarter than the market and everybody else. And they think that we all need their wisdom. Um, In other words, they have a very high opinion of their intellect and ability to solve problems. So then they put these impositions on us because they're so smart. And what it is, is sophistry still. It's, it's, um, it's wizard. It's it's wizardry. It's witchcraft. They never know anything about what they are talking about. So let's examine the EV market for a second. Before um, we
3: do that, can we just talk about Granholm real quick? Sure. The Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm violated the federal stock disclosure law uh, nine times last year. Uh, the energy the EV company Proterra that she was on the board for as like an ethics consultant. They, she had a ton of, she was an
4: ethics consultant with them.
3: Yeah. I believe that was her title title with them, but she, uh, so Joe Biden touts it, which obviously makes the stock go up. And then she starts to sell off because it is an ethical concern that she has with them. You know, she's, the energy secretary, she used to work for this company, she's pimping out their products instead of contacting the leader in the EV market, which would be Tesla. So it just shows the corruption of the state where they don't go to the best person in the market. They go to prop up some company that is in bed with them. And it's just gross. And so she doesn't lose her job for violating federal law nine effing times. She's still there. And then she's gleeful when she gets interviewed by someone like, uh, what's her name? Um, Mika uh, and says, well, I guess there might be like a little bit of a silver lining that it pushes us to uh, electric vehicles. But I mean, just almost like a complete um, masochist that she's taking pleasure. And this is, and she's been recorded multiple times almost having this kind of um, asshole-ish response to gas prices. Meanwhile, she, you know, denies regulations on all kinds of things all the time.
5: What does the Granholm plan to increase oil production in
1: America? <laughs> oh my God. That is hilarious. Would that I had the magic wand. You filled up your EV by charging and you filled up your gas tank with gasoline and you have the same size tank. You would save $60 per fill up by going electric rather than using gasoline so it's very compelling case but again to your point we want to bring down the price at the point of purchase and i'm sure you've seen the
6: reporting this morning that now AAA is projecting that gas prices will hit a national average average of six dollars a gallon by the month of august is this acceptable to you
1: no it is not and you can Thank the activity of Vladimir Putin for invading Ukraine and pulling essentially oh, nonsense. those barrels. Uh, with all
6: due respect, Madam Secretary, that's utter nonsense. In January of twenty twenty-one, the average gas price in my state was two dollars and seven cents. Eight months later, eight months later, long before Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, that price was up over thirty percent, and it has been going up consistently since. What are you doing to reverse this administration's policies? That are drawing down our own supply of energy in this country, that are throttling oil and gas production in the United States of America. What are you doing about
1: it? With respect, sir, it is not administration policies that have affected supply and demand. How can
6: you say that when the price of gas was up over 30 percent from January
1: to? uh, Answer my
6: questions. And it is my time, Madam Secretary. So why don't you answer my question? From January to August, the price of gasoline was up over 30%. In my state alone, it has been a continuous, a continuous upward tick since then. And here's what your president did when he first came to office. He immediately reentered the Paris Climate Accord. He canceled the Keystone Pipeline. He halted leasing programs in Anwar. He issued a 60-day halt on all new oil and gas leases and drilling permits on federal lands and waters. That's nationwide. That accounts, by the way, for 25% of U.S. oil production. He directed federal agencies to eliminate all supports for fossil fuels. He imposed new regulations on oil and gas and methane emissions. Those were all
1: just in the first few days. Are you telling me that's had no effect I'm on our energy supply? 94% of the oil and gas executives that were surveyed by the Dallas Fed said that administration policies had nothing to do with the increase in the price of oil. I'm not Therefore, interested the in of opinions gas.
6: of these people. I'm interested Those in the facts. Are, are you telling me no that, these no that, telling you no that these policies had no effect? Is that your testimony, that these policies had no effect? Are you telling, you, telling you, me, Madam Secretary, are you telling me, under oath, that these policies had no effect.
1: I'm telling you that 94% of the oil and gas industry I'm not interested in their
6: opinion. I'm interested no in the facts. Effect.
1: So no, they did not ask That is Vladimir a
6: remarkable Putin statement.
1: about the increase in demand and the decrease in supply from pulling Russian barrels of oil off the market, thanks to, rightly, the United States saying, we're not going to take Russian oil. Coming out of COVID... So what explains the
6: increase between January and August of of
1: Coming out of COVID, there was an increase in demand because people were driving again. When there was no demand, the prices dropped. That is a basic law of economics. The prices dropped... I
6: have to say, Madam Secretary, with all due respect, your answers are insulting. And they are insulting to the people of Missouri who are looking for action. Now, you said to Two months ago your department was on war footing. What are you doing to bring down the price of gasoline, which has the been going gasoline, up consistently since you took office?
1: The price of gasoline is derived from the price of oil. The price of oil is at $110 a barrel. What per are you doing to decrease it? on is a is my global question. market. Sir, if you could let me finish.
6: If you would Just answer my question.
1: I am answering your question, sir. Oil is traded on a global market. We are paying extremely high prices today. Just as they are in Japan. What are you doing to Just get it down? Just as they are in Germany. Just as they are in South Africa. What are you Africa doing to get it down? We are calling for an increase in supply. We are releasing a million from barrels home. a day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to try to balance out. Who are you getting a call for an and e- increase in it is supply from? The largest from. tool that we have to be who able to do that. Who are you calling for an increase in supply from? Excuse me, Terry.
0: Senator Hawley, your time's expired.
6: Could I get an answer to this question, Mr. Chairman? who are you calling for an increase in supply from?
1: From our domestic oil and gas manufacturers, from international oil and gas manufacturers. Even as you cancel their leases?
6: Senator
5: Hawley, if you want to answer, you have to allow the Secretary to answer.
1: I have said we have called repeatedly for increases in supply from domestic. Oil and gas manufacturers from international oil and gas manufacturers, we want to increase supply and that is why the President released an unprecedented amount from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and our international allies also released from their reserves to try to balance out supply and demand while the oil and gas companies increase supply and the International, excuse me, the Energy Information Administration has projected that they will have increased in the United States about a million barrels a day by the end of this year. <laughs> What a bitch.
4: I looked at her bio a little bit today too, Stu, and she's worth a lot of money. I think like 14 million bucks. She's never had any job other than a government job. Now, this is the way this stuff works, Stu, in that when I buy stock, I actually write a check for it. These stock holdings they have is they use their political position to be appointed to a board. And then they're given options, so they don't even pay for the for, for the stock they own. Her, she made one point six million bucks on her options. Now, that's what she sold. It's just it's free money, and of course, it's really just buying influence and um, and keeping these people in your pocket. And it's all a game where they all appoint each other to these boards, and they make a ton of money, and they don't know jack shit about anything. This uh, Proterra, they just want her on the board because she's likely going to be the secretary of, it, of energy. Um, she doesn't add anything to it. She's a Hunter Biden Burisma type thing. Um, and of course, you know, she's t- telling
3: everybody to go out there and buy an electric car. And then, well, and then just to just let everyone know, you know, Proterra also had this like huge scandal where they had all these uh, chassis defects from their Philadelphia uh, factory, and that this was supposed to be the special um, EV bus that was going to lead the way for the future, and that this was going to be like the third largest bus fleet, and yet all the chassis are defective, and yet, you know, a few months back, you know, Kamala and Joe are like, are visiting that factory and talking about how great these EV buses are. I mean. You're not respecting the market. You're not getting the best product. You're propping up this bizarre fucking company. Is that the bus company that just went
4: into bankruptcy? Uh, There's one one of them that did just just yesterday. Big EV bus company gone. Um, Anyway, let's talk about the nonsensical nature of... Trying to convert having a government industrial policy where we have these imbeciles like Biden, Kerry, and Granton telling everybody in the world that they need to basically throw away their investment in oil and gas when the whole world is built on oil and gas. Um, there are trillions of dollars out there, but when you look at just the gas industry oil and gas itself. you look at gas stations, you look at automobiles, you look at auto parts. You, um, you could just go on and on and on. Well why is all this infrastructure out there to begin with Stu? It's out there because the market and millions and millions and millions of, of people have voted with their own money that this is a system that works. And it does work amazingly well when even to today's high prices of um, gasoline that can move a $4,000 car 25 miles is you know, less than a bottle of, of water. It's an amazingly efficient efficient industry, but they wanna just fuck it all up <laughs> and, and, and say that um, because they're so smart. That, that we want to annihilate it. There was a Wall Street Journal article. Perhaps we can reference it about a lady who took a four-day trip in an electric vehicle. I think she went from Chicago to New Orleans. Great, great article, and it shows you just all the ine- inefficiencies. And the I think she said something that she, she spent more time charging the car than she did sleeping. Okay. Electric grid cannot handle it. So in order to do this thing that they want, uh, you're going to have to build a whole new electrical grid, which means a whole new set of power plants all around the country that <laughs> we don't have. It's not going to happen. Um, these cars, you know, Grantham was on TV, the the other day she just got a new 60,000 dollar ev and she was so happy because she passed a number of gas gas stations and, and she didn't have to buy gas whilst the one these entities get subsidies uh, 60,000 dollars is a lot of money The mining for these batteries and for these systems to work is an incredible amount of environmental damage.
2: This is one of the thousands of unregulated, unmonitored mines in the DRC. It's crawling with children working like modern day slaves. A 12 hour long day of punishing work may earn them the equivalent of a pound. Although one of the poorest countries on earth DRC is rich in minerals, but a history of brutal colonial exploitation looks like being repeated now, in 2017. Much of it is mined by hand, with rudimentary tools in harsh, potentially hazardous conditions. And wretched weather or not, the rush is on for a mineral the DRC has in great abundance, cobalt and it's fast becoming more precious than gold. It's a critical ingredient in lithium-ion batteries. The
4: planet right now is healthier than it's ever been. This is the big lie. Stu, without fossil fuels, guess what? We wouldn't have clean water. We wouldn't have ways to put out uh, forest fires. We would have floods. We wouldn't have any hospitals. We wouldn't have any medication. Um, We wouldn't have any way to get somebody to a a hospital. We wouldn't be able to build retaining ponds and flood walls and things of that nature. Still, the world before fossil fuels was brutal, nasty, and short. And the idea that somehow they're bad doesn't take into account uh, any of the benefits that we derive from from them. So still, we've lived through the coronavirus. And if there's one thing we've learned from this is the government loves to scare the shit out of you uh, and make shit up um, to create a crisis that... Aggregates more power to them and more money to their friends. But what do you think the price of electricity is going to do when you put all these cars on the market? And um, to be, w- which will never happen because the consumer doesn't want it to happen. The only way it'll happen is if we're like the Soviet Union and they just you know take shit away from us and say you must drive. What was the Russian car they had? The the, the Zula or something. It was the shitty car they
5: had and i told this one bill you'll have to hear it again i told it in the car i didn't tell this one to gorbachev (laughs) you know there's a 10-year delay delay in the soviet union of delivery of an automobile and only one out of seven families in the soviet union own automobiles there's a 10-year wait and you go through a quite a process when you're ready to buy and then you put up the money in advance And this happened to a fellow, and this is their story that they tell, this joke, that this man, he laid down his money, and then the fellow that was in charge said to him, Okay, come back in ten years and get your car. And he said, Morning or afternoon? (laughs) And and the fellow behind the counter said, Well, ten years from now, what difference does it make? And he said, Well, the plumber's coming in the morning.
4: Obviously the price of electricity would go through the roof, um, just having to build all this infrastructure that's not there. But still, what about the maintenance? When the battery on my car goes down, which by the way charges itself, um, it's about a $120 charge. In a Tesla or um, some of these cars, it's a $20,000 charge. Uh, There are no parts industries, you know, you can go to Napa, Advance, you've got every um, O'Reilly, you've got every, you've got an industry that's built for uh, efficiencies, you certainly don't have that with with this EV stuff because it's not based on the market the need for these academic types that have never been involved in business to put their thumb on the scales because they think we need them and their uh, superiority. And they wanna leave their mark on society. They don't wanna leave their mark on society by building a a business based on market dynamics. Uh, They wanna go from the top down and annihilate everything because they're smarter than we are and we need them. Well, still, I say, fuck you. We don't need you. You fuck up everything you touch. Get out of our lives. They want to interject themselves into every sphere of our lives, not recognizing that the way these spheres have developed since Rockefeller or whoever it was in 1859 discovered oil. There's a reason the world works the way it does, and it works remarkably well. But they want to energ- they want to create fear and interject themselves in our lives uh, in an effort to to what's to to destroy us. our economy, perhaps. Um, to aggregate more control over us, certainly, to give money to their friends, certainly. Um, They're dangerous, dude. We do not need these folks in our lives.
5: I will walk deeper into the belly of the beast if it means I'm able to further limit reckless government spending. I mean, I have so many ideas. Some are simple, like take down traffic lights and eliminate the post
4: office. The bigger ones will be tougher, like bring all of this crumbling to the ground.